This audio program may contain descriptions of violence and topics that may not be suitable for everyone. Please listen with caution. Do you know what the most frightening thing in the world is? It's fear. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. Why, she wouldn't even harm a fly. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was out when it started and I was yeah. like, no, I was not prepared for this. Yeah. I was like, when I get home, do I need to put the thunder jacket on her? <laughs> Winnie. Speak of the devil. I know you're scared. You're very scared. Maybe she could just hide behind she, you. Listen, if she wants to, she can go. Yeah. She's going to go right there. That's fine, Winnie. Lay down. Yeah, lay down. It's fine. We're chi- we're chilling in here. It's, it's okay. She's very scared. Don't look at me. <laughs> She's looking directly at you for comfort. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You can't do that. You can't though, do that. <laughs> breathing so hard. You haven't done anything. <laughs> you haven't done it. Why are you breathing so hard? She's scared. You don't breathe hard when you're scared? No, so I, I'm quiet. <laughs> like that little girl in the um, disgusting video. Have you ever seen the first part of it? No. <laughs> the little one, the the older one is talking. She's like, I'm going to sing Lloyd," And then the other one's like, <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? Oh, uh, okay. Okay, Winnie. You're fine. Oh, do we want to mention our PayPal again and all that? Oh, yeah, people want to PayPal. Us yeah. So I can, so we can get some. Can, we? Uh, what am I saying? I'm having a stroke. <laughs> you are having a stroke. <laughs> um, so we have set up our PayPal so that we can receive your kind donations. Please. We're so poor. <laughs> we. Uh, would like to thank Leanne. We would like to thank Janice. I think that's how you say it. Uh-huh. We'd like to thank Kylie, not Jenner. We don't know. <laughs> yes, it's totally Kylie Jenner. She might listen in love, but she only gave us like a buck, imagine. <laughs> that would be really funny. <laughs> it's like I've spent more on your products. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. Okay, so thank you to everyone who donated. Um... We are at a whopping $35. Oh my God. We only, only need like, like 10, times, <laughs> 10 times that and then we will be set with yeah. equipment. So our PayPal is paypal.me slash Helen High Horror. Yay. Yay. I felt like there was something I wanted to talk about before this episode kicked off for mm. real. Oh, we never talked about Nipsey Hustle. I don't know what that is. Remember who? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> A rapper who was killed outside of his shop in L.A. But we talked about... Why? Do you have more information? I have my personal information. We never talked about it on air. We talked about how you're we, we, bad. No, we never yeah, said we did. it. No. Yeah, we did. We said, oh, we got to mention it next time. That's what we said. Most people know that Nipsey Hussle Are you murdered. sure? I'm 100% okay, after sure. this, I'm going back to all the episodes. No, go ahead. We haven't talked about it. So, basically... My father has a friend who he's known for, since the 80s. And um, that's when he made all his friends. And <laughs> so his friend has a brother. And this sounds like a rambling story, but I'm sh- I promise there's a point. So his brother lives in L.A. and is a drug dealist. And, <laughs> and mm-hmm. he apparently sold a batch of weed they're batches right they come in batches sure like they're like cookies yeah to the guy who killed nipsey hustle allegedly and 
<laughs> Apparently, the man who killed Nipsey Hussle allegedly went to allegedly. my allegedly went to <laughs> my dad's friend's brother and pistol whipped him right before he committed the murder because allegedly allegedly <laughs> it's like club 97 <laughs> only allegedly allegedly um so he went to him before he committed the murder and pistol whipped him because he was like you sold me weed that was laced with some shit so we don't know if the weed had the laced weed allegedly mm-hmm. had anything to do with the allegedly murder allegedly <laughs> <laughs> but allegedly it might have Oh, yeah, allegedly. no, it could have been a uh, allegedly um, contributing factor, yeah. <laughs> allegedly. So, yes, that's what I wanted to tell everyone you know because what? I was like, how is my old Italian father connected to Nipsey Hussle's murder? Because he's a straight-up G. He is. And then apparently also the guy who sold the weed, allegedly. whose name is Blaze, legally, <laughs> um, fled to New- back to New Jersey, stayed with his mother, and then came clean about what he had gotten mixed up in. Allegedly. Allegedly. And his sisters were like, and I think his brother too was like, don't drag mom into this. Why are you staying with mom? If they're going to come and get you, then they're going to come to mom's house. So he is now working with a lawyer. Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) So um, that is our weird convoluted connection to the Nipsey Hussle murder. We're all seven spaces away from Kevin Bacon. Exactly. Do you think Nipsey knew Kevin Bacon? I think he knew someone who knew Kevin Bacon. Probably. It's like today I saw on Instagram that Butch Walker knows RuPaul. Yeah. <laughs> like, great. Awesome. I love these weird how yeah. the worlds collide. Also, I discovered this YouTube horror channel today. Okay. And like... there's a new movie, quote unquote. It's 27 minutes long. It's a very interesting premise. But both Alaska Thunderfuck 5000 and Katya are in it. Mm -hmm. Like, just as acting. And then also, Alaska is the banshee. (laughs) Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) So, I will show you that sometime later. Even though we're squeezing this in, we're busy, things are happening, moving along, but we're here. We're all moving. I've got school. (laughs) Wait. My dog just got a concussion. I need your microphone. Are we still recording? Yeah. So uh, today we're talking about some ooky spooky shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been doing all <laughs> ooky spooky. Ooky spooky. Why? What does it remind you of? Like, what does it taste like to you? Like a 50 year old woman ooky talking spooky? to her kids and trying to be cool. Really? Do you taste words? No. Oh, I taste words. I You're like synesthesia. one of those people. Yeah. I was yeah, going to say some people are born with. Yeah. Ooky spooky tastes like gushers. <laughs> you just, she just rolled her eyes and yeah. you. you know what my favorite sound taste is what high heels clicking on hard floor it tastes like chocolate chip cookies okay well congratulations nothing <laughs> tastes like nothing to me my world is miserable <laughs> maybe your world is more ordered no it's miserable <laughs> right now i'm sitting in it <laughs> i can't get out it. it's a dream right now i'm in the okay i think about how hard it would be to swim in space right yeah that's what i feel like like i'm never gonna get out of this moment of anxiety like, like i'm swimming in like I'm, in a I'm, jello pool yeah i was gonna say i'm in a, a sea pool of, of jello. jello yeah and i can't get out yeah you'll get that's, out you'll eat I'll your die. way out of that out of or, it into <laughs> you know what the other option is you're Done. gonna drown in jello 
I'm going to drown in my anxiety. Can you drown in jello? You can drown in anything that can get into your lungs. Oh, I guess. Would it melt? Does jello melt in high, doesn't high melt. temperatures? No? no. I thought. It, I mean, because you make it with boiling water. Right, but that's just to set up the gelatin. I don't uh, think gelatin. I mean, gelatin might be able to melt. separate again. Would it burn? But then it would be liquid, which still can make you, could you drown. drown in the liquid, so, yeah. but then you'd move forward. <laughs> yeah, but you'd be dead. Your lungs would All be right. filled with jello. <laughs> no, no. Now I'm pondering the yeah. anatomical effects of or being like, jello. I think about the poor people who had to drown in that molasses flood. We were talking about like the molasses flood. Yeah, because we're gonna do bizarre deaths. Yeah, I'm just like stuck and. Slowly drowning and it tastes weird. So you actually start this week. Okay. We're back into the ghost world. Spookies. Yeah. And we are talking about haunted houses. This is our second haunted house episode. Also, shout out to Jake's cat whose name is Spooky. (laughs) Love that cat. um, On That Spooky, Uh the show, they were talking about a news story with a cat named Spooky the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Jake has a black cat's name Spooky. He also has a white one with gray spots named Moo. He's very creative. I love them so much. Yeah, he only got them like two years ago too. Yeah, as an adult, he was not a a child naming these cats. They weren't. It wasn't a cheese. Mm. No, my God, cheese. My boss's cat's name was Cheese, and then they had a dog named Mac. Well, they have a dog named Mac, so that they had Mac and Cheese. Mac and Cheese. But now Cheese is dead, so they just have Mac. Well, but it's also funny because like one without the other, it's just cheese like well, our cat's yeah, cheese yeah mac is like okay there's also people named mac mac yeah is name, but cheese yeah it was cheese weird being like cheese. cheese come here cheese yeah, come here cheese like now you're just naming cat cheese <laughs> also they got cheese before they got mac so has he just continuously had other pets named mac no no he <laughs> just, just they just got a dog and they were like let's name it mac so it's so so it'll hilarious. match but for a long time it was just it this was is my just cat cheese. cheese yeah there That's was no really other punchline oh to my it. god no other pun- like it's funny now na- when they have the dog because yeah. it's like, and that's my dog, uh-huh. Mac. And then it's like, ah, yeah, they go just together. be like, this is my my cat, this cheese. Is it's cheese. like, <laughs> yes. okay, do you not love the yeah. cat? <laughs> is that your least favorite cat? Yeah. Mm. Uh, okay. R.I.P. Cheese. R.I.P. Rest in whatever you, I don't know. I was going to say something that he liked, but I only knew R.I.C. Him. Resting catnip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm doing the Whaley house, which sounds haunted already because it's whaling. How's it spelled? W H A L E Y. Ah, so like a whale. Is it made yeah. in a whale? Yes. <laughs> this is the story about what's his name? The whale? No. What's the gu- the guy? Jonah. Joan. Nope. The one who. The what's one who the got... whale's book? What the what dick? Book? Moby Dick. Moby Dick. Thank you. Yes. See, in my mind, when you when Jonah. It was like, yeah, we Jonah and the religious. whale. No, but I first thought of flapjack. Okay, yes, love that, that show. Great show with Bubby. Yeah. Um. Then I thought of Jonah. Then I thought of uh, uh-huh. Moby. Moby Dick. Okay, so the Whaley House started as a granary, which I had to look up because I was like, great, a place you put grains, right? Yeah. Which it is, but it's mostly for corn, but oh, I didn't know. I was like, corn a grain? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Also, in one place, it was misspelled as a ganer- or a granny, and I was like, what's <laughs> a granny that? meal? <laughs> That's funny. Um, so it later became a courthouse, although this building would change. I mentioned like the history of the building just because it's interesting and important. But it changes over the years like it's a courthouse and then they add on to it and it becomes businesses and it becomes 
eventually a place for someone to live. Yeah. Okay. So the two-story house and store addition was designed by Thomas Whaley and constructed in 1857. Okay. Hence the name. Yeah, so that I don't makes know sense. if you put that connection together. The Whaley and Whaley, yeah. Let me help you out here. Whaley <laughs> is why it's called Whaley, Whaley House. Yep. Winnie, you with us? She's with us. <laughs> she is snoring. Um, <laughs> it, it was, this is weird. It was the first two-story brick building in all of San Diego. Huh. Um, they were just ranching it out yeah. before then. Whaley boasted of his new home. My new house, when completed, will be the handsomest, most comfortable, and convenient place in town or within 150 miles of here. Oh, really? Well, oh, has brag, he brag, heard brag. of the beanbag store? The White store? House? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> the White House. So comfy. <laughs> all it has is paintings and that ghosts. That bathtub? <laughs> we all know the bathtub. Um, so, unfortunately, the Whaley House would be home to a lot of tragedy. Cool. <laughs> sweet, sweet, sweet. <laughs> so Thomas Whaley came to California in 1849 during the gold rush. However, he was not one of those people who came looking for gold. He was like, great, people need to buy stuff because they'll <laughs> live there. Yeah. I'll make stores. Listen, he he's was playing the guy. long yeah, con. Yeah. Like, I'm not digging for gold. No, fuck that. He left New York City and arrived 204 days later. It took 204 <laughs> days for him to get to San Francisco. Oh, almost a year. Yep. <laughs> and uh, he set up a store with a man named George Wardle on Montgomery Street where he sold hardware and would work um, from his family's New York business. It was called Whaley and Pie. But P-Y-E, not the fun kind of pie. Oh, so he didn't sell pies? No, I wish. People would have bought pies. Yeah. <laughs> he offer, uh, He also sold mining equipment and utensils. That's where the big bucks yeah. are. And he sold things on consignment, which was a big, you know, made a lot of bucks. So Whaley was born on October 5th, 1823, and he came from a Scots-Irish family. Also, it was noted in every single thing I read <laughs> about him, so I will say it too, that his great-grandfather, Alexander Whaley, was a gunsmith and participated in the Boston Tea Party. <laughs> which side? I don't know why that's important Wait, to but, anything. But which side? The, there was only one. Oh, he wasn't one of the people bringing the tea in? No. no. <laughs> he wasn't just like, my tea! My tea! Oh, no! <laughs> he also participated in the Revolutionary War, and during this time, like, the family name, it was commonly associated with guns like gunsmith mm -hmm. stuff so the whole family was kind of known for that because of the great-grandfather yeah okay that makes sense so thomas's father also carried on the guns business and he married uh rachel pie uh that's why it's whaley and pie yep who manufactured locks in brooklyn i don't know why i included that sentence but that's what they did that's kind of cool they're never gonna come up again oh really his wife never comes up again no 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 the family oh the okay. family never comes up but this is this is his mother so oh, I don't know why I included so it's that. Not it. Okay, I just, got it. It was probably a cut and paste mm -hmm. I didn't delete. So now you know a little history. <laughs> You're welcome for the knowledge. Actually, no. That is Whaley's. That's not his mother. That's his wife? No, I'm lying. <laughs> we'll get to his wife. Okay. Oh, we'll, we'll talk about <laughs> his wife. Because his wife is our hero. Just wait. <gasps> so Whaley's business took him kind of all over the place. And it proved really beneficial in San Francisco. Um... And so he was able to establish his very own store. It was a two-story residence near the bay 
um, and he rented out part of it. So oh, like, okay. Like it was apartment. just it was just a house, mm-hmm. but he rented them out to store owners. So it kind of became oh. like almost like a mall, Ooh, but only fancy. like four stores because it was just a little red. Yeah. But yeah, he then re- relocated to Old Town San Diego because how he was old told, could it have been at I know, this time? I don't know. But he was told by like a friend of his, Lewis Franklin, that it was a good place to set up like shop. Like you're gonna sell yeah. a lot of shit there. So he's like, okay. What if he was just fucking with him and it was nothing? Yeah, it was like one horse. <laughs> well, he wasn't. But that'd be funny. That but would be Whaley funny. set up various businesses there, and he made enough money to return to New York to marry his sweetheart, Anna Eloise Delaney. Oh. D e l a u n a y. Delaney? Yeah. yeah. On May 14th, 1853. So now they're married. Oh, okay. beautiful. Whaley's married to Anna. Um, And they return to San Diego shortly after. Keeps going with his general stores and all his businesses. Um, but most of them only last like a year or so before either the businesses close or he's like bought out by someone or yeah. whatever. So because he's just technically like a partner in all these businesses. Yeah. He's just like giving money and kind of helping run them. So in September of 1855, he finally purchases his very own property. He he builds the, this is where he builds his residence, the okay. Whaley House. Mm-hmm. And he builds it right on the infamous site of Yankee Jim Robinson's hanging in August of 1852. This spot precisely. Yeah. Yeah. It was said that he, where Jim hung was their front door. Awesome. Perfect. That's a great omen. Yeah, so he first builds it as the granary, and then he builds the two-story, $10,000 residence, and it's finished in 1857. And the home is acclaimed as the finest new brick block in Southern California by the San Diego Herald. And it contained mahogany and rosewood furniture, damask drapes, mm-hmm. and Brussels carpets. Don't you love that there was a time when newspapers would write about people's personal homes? Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, look at this hole. Well, it was supposed to be like, I mean, not supposed to. You can see it now. It's just like a huge brick. And because it's kind of, it's so large, it took up like a, I mean, not what we consider a block now, but back then it was so big that people were like, oh my God, it takes up a whole stretch of road. Yeah. So it was less a sight to see. Yeah. So by 1858, Thomas and Anna Whaley had three kids, Francis, who was named after his business partner Thomas and Anna Amelia however Thomas would die at just 18 months from scarlet fever in August of 1858 an arson fire destroyed Whaley's business on the plaza despondent over the loss of his business and the death of Thomas earlier that year hopefully it was sadder over one than the other (laughs) the family (laughs) up and moved to San Francisco in San Francisco Whaley worked a bunch of different jobs. He was a storekeeper. He worked for the army, but not in the army. Mm-hmm. And the couple had three more children. Jesus Christ. God, that's yeah. a lot of kids. George, Violet, and Corin. 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 C O R E. Space I N. And you stay inside <laughs> of her. Okay. So in 1867, Thomas Whaley assisted in the American takeover of Alaska. So he leaves his fucking family. Yeah. <laughs> um, but after a major earthquake in 1868, he returns to the house. So, but they're still living in this house. They're living in San Francisco. But when the earthquake hits, he returns home and they all move 
back to the back to the Whaley oh, okay. house. Okay, that's the what I was wondering Whaley. because until then it was just they were just using it as a store still. Okay, so after a few years, Whaley connected. So they're they're like separated by a gap. So he connects them now. So they're literally all one place mm-hmm. now. And from 1874 to 1879, Thomas Whaley leaves to go to New York when his father dies. So he leaves again mm-hmm. for multiple years. <laughs> Um, My father died. It'll take a while. He eventually returns at some point, although the dates are not super clear. Mm -hmm. But he's back by January 5th, 1882, because his daughter, Violet, um, and his other daughter, Anna, marry in San Diego, not to each other. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you felt the need to clarify. Well, because when I first read it, the, the place I read it from, it said, like, Anna and Violet wed. And I was like, each other? Each other? Yeah. <laughs> um, Not only were they lesbians, they were sisters. It was the ultimate <laughs> disgrace so, of the time. Although Anna married her first cousin, John. Still not great. Violet wed a man named George, who proved unbearable because they soon divorced, which caused Violet tremendous humiliation. Aww. So she returns back home. And in 1884, after a period of Great Depression, she commits suicide. By shooting herself through the heart. Oh my gosh. On August 14th. So close to my birthday. Yeah. Yeah, she shoots herself directly in that heart. Would have been better off marrying each other. Yeah. After this tragic event, Thomas Whaley builds a single story frame home for his family in downtown San Diego. So he ends up keeping the home and the other properties. He starts renting them out. But after a terrible disease, he retires, and in 1888, he died at the State Street address on December 14th, 1890. So they're at a home down the road, and he's renting all the other properties Mm -hmm. out. He really, he was like, I think what's causing all this death is the second story. We got to get rid of it. Can't going back Let's go ranch style. Yep. The Whaley House on San Diego Avenue remained vacant and fell in disrepair until late 1909, when Francis Whaley returned to the old brick house and undertook the restoration. Francis utilized the family home as a residence and as a tourist attraction where he posted signs outside promoting its historical... Historical what? I just said it's historical. It's history, I guess. (laughs) Oh, okay. And he entertained visitors with his guitar. (laughs) Wonderful. That sounds like a terrible party. (laughs) So, So Anna, Thomas's widow, Lillian, who is Corinne, but Mm -hmm. now she's known as Lillian. What? Okay, then. And an assistant at the public library. Francis and George, a musician, all live in this dwelling. So it's like a shit ton of people. But it's basically like a few of the daughters, the mother, two of the sons. Mm -hmm. And this weird assistant and a musician. (laughs) So um, on February 24th, 1913, Anna dies in the house. Francis later passes away in the same home in November of 1914. Lillian continued to live there until she died in 1953, also in the home. Because she had spent the better part of the first half of the century in the house alone, it had once again fallen into disrepair. So the Whaley house itself is considered the most haunted house in America by U.S. Commerce Department. Like officially. And you can trust They're the t- Commerce yeah. Department. Know they know the haunting. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, why do what? they get to decide with ghosts? Like, yeah. what? But they will audit those ghosts. <laughs> so over the years, many descendants of the Whaley family lived and died in the house, including Thomas, Anna, 
their children, Lily and Thomas, Violet, and Francis. Mm -hmm. And during its restoration periods, which took a lot of time in several different time periods, workers and visitors began to notice strange and mysterious sounds, sights, aromas, and encounters. The first and most well-known ghost that lingered within the house and on the grounds was that of Yankee Jim Robinson, Mm. as he had died right where the spot where the house was built. Baby Thomas, another ghost, (laughs) who had been the first to pass away in the family, had always stayed close by. He's reported by many, and they say that they can hear tiny footsteps, as well as the sounds of him crying and even giggling when no one's in sight. And people go out and search for a baby, Mm -hmm. and they can't ever find find one. Other people report seeing a young woman lingering on the second floor of the home, which people believe to be Violet, still consumed with sorrow. She seems to stay close to the second floor where she spent much of her time after her divorce before committing suicide. That second floor. Yep. It's said that in some areas of the home, it becomes really cold and her presence is felt throughout. Other people have reported hearing gunshots in the middle of the night. Well, a gunshot in the middle of the night. Well, some people report feeling like their bed is being laid on, you know, but no one else is there. Yeah. So Thomas, Anna, and several other spirits have also been felt within the home and on the stairwell of most of the property. Many have seen Thomas dressed in his frocks, coat, and top hat standing at the top of the stairs. Others say they can smell the aroma of the French perfume Anna used to wear all the time. Mists, lights turning on and off by themselves, crystals in the music room, lamps swinging without any prompt are all signs that the Whaley House still belongs to many who called it home over the years. Although no one has lived in the house since 1953, many say the spirits still haunt the home, knowing that visitors are coming. So workers on the site and guests who have toured the house account for many of the unusual and spooker, spook, spooker, Spookery. spooky <laughs> encounters. A lot of people say also... Like, without even going into the house, they just see figures moving in the windows, even mm-hmm. when, the, like, the tours aren't running and no one should be in the, the house. The sounds of children running up and down the stair can be heard without anyone being seen. Multiple footsteps, cold spots, and the appearance and disappearance of shadows have all been felt and heard by guests. During Thanksgiving week of 2004, someone tried to break into the Whaley home. One of the rear doors was destroyed beyond repair. But motion sensors detected no activity, and nothing in the house was touched. Hmm. For days afterwards, visitors and employees alike experienced bone-chilling coldness in the rooms until the doors were replaced. The space had been used as a sick room and was the location where Anna died in her father's arms. Mm. The rest of the home also exhibited a decrease in temperature. Mm -hmm. No one could figure out what scared the vandals off. And why they weren't sensed by the motion detector. The most seen and felt ghost, however, is that of Yankee Jim. In the her OG. Yeah. <laughs> in her old age, right? This is where we mm-hmm. love Mrs. Whaley. Mrs. Whaley used to spook children who would bother her on her front steps. She was known as the scary old lady down the road. And sometimes, if you caught her at the right time, she'd make you sit down and she'd tell you about old Jim the man who had haunted her ever since the house was built. Yankee Jim was hung from a tree on the Whaley House property for stealing a rowboat, although the evidence was sketchy at best. He was seen rowing a boat near Schooner's Platus, which I don't know what that is, but the hanging was a gruesome affair because Yankee Jim 
was tall for the time. Very tall for the time. And the makeshift gallows were for a shorter man. Yankee Jim was slowly strangled to get to death. He was placed on a box and was told to lean forward. <gasps> he kept his legs on the box as long as possible before someone had pushed him off and held his legs up. Oh. And he strangled to death slowly. To add insult to injury, the coffins of the day were also made for shorter men. Oh, no. So they decided to break his legs mm. instead of getting a larger coffin. The stories say his footprints are those that are heard up in the floors of the Whaley house. Mm, are you sure they're not stump prints? <laughs> they're not broken off, just broken. Well, they, I, I imagine them being folded under. So, like, yeah, they just, like, yeah. broke them. So, also the cries of, like, the word no are heard often, as well as drag marks in the dirt because his mm. feet dragged on the ground. Yeah. Appear and disappear, and they say that's, um, the work of Yankee Jim as well. And that is the most haunted house, apparently, to commerce in the United States <laughs> According of America. to the Department of Commerce. That is it. Wonderful. Austin, you don't even need to have to nope, read yours. We done. already know what's the most <laughs> we haunted. We have a winner. <laughs> commerce cannot steer us wrong. Nope. Tell me about your spooky ghosts. <laughs> Ask me about my, my wiener. wiener. So I'm going to tell you about the Franklin Castle. Okay. So, between 1881 and 1883, grocer and banker Hans Tiedemann began construction on his elaborate castle home in Cleveland, Ohio. Because Tiedemann. Yes. <laughs> Tiedemann was a German immigrant and had cultivated Sounds his fortune. Like yeah. No, Hans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he cultivated his fortune mainly through his trust company, Wiedemann and Tiedemann. <laughs> Wiedemann and Tiedemann. Yeah, isn't that great? In 1862, Tiedemann married Louisa Hook, which is spelled Hawk, but it's Hook. And the couple had six children together. Wilhelmine, Hannah, August Johannes, Emma, Ernst, Dora Louise, and Albert. Wilhelmine? Wilhelmine, Hannah. You, you gave it a nice little Jewish accent there. Wilhelmine. Well, that's just my just, ethnicity. I just, but Wilhelmine <laughs> is a rough Wilhelmine. name. Oh, wait until you hear what his mother was named. She'll come up um, in a second. Wilhelmine. Yes. It's not like Wilhelm. It's not. Wilhelmina. <laughs> no. <laughs> so she actually died in infancy. Oh, Wilhelmine. Uh, Emma died at age 15 from diabetes. Oh, Emma. Yes. She and can't eat all those stickers. <laughs> and Ernst and Albert also died in their infancy. Don't know what from. Only August or August, either one. Augustus. Coop. And yes. And Dora survived to adulthood. <laughs> Two Until out of six. went to that chocolate factory. Yeah. And then those Oompa Loompas, they just took him away. Died in that chocolate fountain. <laughs> yes, he definitely <laughs> he drowned. <laughs> and they just sang about it. Yeah. Tiedemann's mother, I don't even truly know how to how to pronounce this. Um, Webeka. Okay. What it's do you spelled W I E B E K A. Webeka. Yeah. Webeka. 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 Like the Webeka Film Festival. My. That's Tribeca. Tribeca. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I'm gonna say Webeka. Uh, she also died in the home in 1891. Tiedemann allegedly fathered a son named Herbert Ugh. with a woman named Ella May Clark. Uh -huh. While the couple continued to have children and subsequently lose them, the couple being Hans and his actual, actual wife, wife, Tiedemann 
began constructing a ballroom, gargoyles, extra rooms, and turrets, supposedly to distract his wife from the barrage of tragedy and his extramarital banging. Well, stop fucking other people and having kids. Right? And then she wouldn't be so tragic. Right? So he was like, I know our kids died. But here's, but here's a, a gargoyle. gargoyle. <laughs> it's a you know how fun they are. Maybe they'll come to life like in Hunchback of Notre yeah. Dame. Put a pacifier in its mouth. See? It's fun. It's just like a child. <laughs> no, I made it like a baby. It's yeah. crying. <laughs> there were passages allegedly constructed under the property. Allegedly. Allegedly. As well as several hidden rooms. The property became quite a sight to the locals with over 20 rooms and a large iron gate at the front. Allegedly. Allegedly. This, that's what this episode should be called. It's just allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> because of its address, 4308 Franklin Boulevard, mm. it became known as the Franklin Castle. With all those gargoyles. Yep. There's just there's a 50 gargoyles. They, that's how many children they've lost. Yeah. There's like 50. <laughs> they named them all the same names. Yep. <laughs> this Found one is Wilhelmine. Wilhelmine Hannah. Wilhelmine Hamine. Yeah. Mini me, my mo. There are several rumors about crimes committed in the house. Uh-oh. According to these rumors, Tiedemann murdered his niece in one of the tunnels on the property. For what reason? He allegedly hung her because she For was time. insane and he wanted to put her out of her misery. Well, you could shoot her. Oh, I guess not. No, he this legit just the... strung her up on in on like well, a... Why was she a, insane? He, I think she was just depressed. And he was like, no, you can't suffer, child. No, you Let's string dick. you up. Yeah. And she's just, like crying and scratching like, at her neck. It's like, shh, that's yeah. just for your best interest. Yeah, and it's like, why are we in this tunnel? Why do you have them? <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, what is this? Real. You yeah. know, the moment you find a hidden tunnel and someone's Nothing like, come in my hidden happen. tunnel. It's like, no thanks. I kind of want to know where it goes, but also you have a hidden tunnel. Yeah. And that makes me think that I'm not going to come out mm-hmm. of it. Or it wouldn't be hidden. And those things are always so dusty. Yeah. You can't. Well, you can't bring dusting equipment well, down if there. Well, you, you brought a on the vacuum. Fume. Yeah, if you brought a vacuum down You'd there, it would it. just go everywhere. Yeah. It was it was a bad time to have tunnels. Yeah. The incident was staged to look like a suicide. So everyone's like, oh my gosh, this poor guy, his niece hung herself in his house. And it was like, no, he strung her oh up. Oh my God, did you hear he has a weird tunnel too? <laughs> yeah, but have you seen Not all those connected. gargoyles? That weird gargoyle showed up last night. Maybe that had something to do with it. Yeah, I don't like that they come to life. Listen, every time a child dies, a gargoyle gets its wings. <laughs> I hate that. It's so it's the worst. They just come into town. Oh, shh, shh, shh. Hey, bud, what's, what's going what's on? Going we on? love you. We love yeah. that you're here, gargoyle. <laughs> and then Number it becomes 75. <laughs> some kind of weird racist thing yeah. against the gargoyles. Mm-hmm. All they want is love. Yeah. So it's also said that Tiedemann murdered one of his servant girls on her wedding day. Because she refused his advances, he then hid her remains in one of the secret tunnels. Other versions of the story claim that the servant named Rachel was his mistress and he was angered that she wanted to marry another man. And so he strangled her. But either way, she dies. Either way, she died and was put in the tunnels. It's fucking tunnels. It get was out of there. Nothing good comes of tunnels. You don't need them. Holland, nope. get away. <laughs> it was also suspected that Tiedemann had beaten at least one of his illegitimate children to death in the home. He had more than one. I've only yeah. heard about Herbert. So we only know the name of Herbert, but apparently there were a apparently few. He was a we whore. don't know. He kept beating him to death. But he made such lovely gargoyles for his wife. He <laughs> yes, really loved right. her. She's like, I don't remember giving birth to these gargoyles. <laughs> Yeah. You did, though. You did. You did. 
You poor thing. I'll get you some tea. <laughs> you want another gargoyle? <laughs> yeah, what do you want? You want more gargoyles? I got more gargoyles. Louisa died on March 24th, 1895. That's his Yes. Uh, at age 57 from liver failure. Mm. And Tiedemann remarried a woman named Henrietta, though the two divorced after just one year of marriage because she hated gargoyles. And tunnels. <laughs> yeah. She's like, this just isn't going to work. This it's will like, not, not stand. Not only do I hate these gargoyles, but the tunnels are weird. They and are. I don't want to go in them. Because he remarried so quickly after his wife's death, rumors spread that Tiedemann may have had something to do with Louise's death. Yeah, he ate her liver. He did. He just Push kept some shanty. He just kept uh, funneling tequila down her throat. Yeah. Shh, this is good for you. Yeah. Rubbing her neck. <laughs> Shh, take it. Take it. Tiedemann then sold the house to the Mulhauser family, and by don't buy that house. <laughs> Everyone wants to buy this oh, house. It's covered with, in gargoyles. Does it come with the gargoyles, or <laughs> are they we included have to pay them separately? <laughs> by 1908, the entire Tiedemann family was dead, including his grandsons. So, like, all of them wiped all of them out. just died. Yeah, somewhere. none are alive today. Gargoyles came alive and murdered them. Yeah. Uh, so, Hans Tiedemann died that same year, 1908, after suffering a massive stroke while walking in the park. The Mulhausers sold the Franklin Castle to the local German Socialist Party in 1913. Weird, okay. Yeah. And then it became, like, kind of... It became a few different German societies... Home bases. Was Nazi one of them? No, I don't okay. think so, but we'll see. Because that's what I thought immediately. I was like, ooh, yeah, the Nazis definitely Yeah, not a great time. There. But some believe that the organization, the German Socialist Party, carried out brutal murders in the hidden passages of the home during their occupation of it. Probably. Some claim that the inhabitants were actually gunned down in the home during a dispute. And some have spotted... Groups of spirits huddled together and speaking German as if they were having a serious political discussion. Then, from 1921 to 1968, the Franklin Castle was the site of, like I said, several German cultural organizations. Some rooms were rented out to Germans who had just relocated to America. In the 1930s, one visitor, a German attorney, fell ill and a nurse was called to the property. The nurse who cared for the man reported hearing the sound of a young child crying while in the man's room. She later told a reporter that she, quote, would never set foot in that house Well, did again. she check to see if there was just a child? There were no children. Okay. Speaking of sure, she That's didn't why run out. Creepy. No, she like just hates next, kids. Right next to her being like, yeah. ah, I broke my arm. Yeah. And she's like, what is this what? strange Oh, the spirit. I'll never come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. In January of 1968, the house was sold to James Romano. His wife... <gasps> oh, and then he went on to have Ray Romano. <laughs> yes, he is the Ray best Romano. comedian... No. That's what commerce thinks. He's, He's the best, the best comedian. comedian. If we're rating things by yeah. commerce now. <laughs> His wife and six children moved into the home, which Romano had had a fascination with for years because he grew up in the Cleveland area. The family planned to open a restaurant out of the house, but found that the building wasn't suited to it. The Romano children reported encountering the ghost of a little girl on their very first day in the home. Do we know the names of the Romano children? No, we don't. And I so don't think any were rated. For sure, though, that we none can't. Of them are we right can't now. rule it out. Deborah. <laughs> so the children had been sent upstairs to play by their mother, but they came back down shortly after. They asked her for a cookie to give to their new friend, who was upstairs crying. Mrs. Romano followed the children to where they had seen the little girl, but found no signs of her. 
Soon after moving into the home, Mrs. Romano began hearing organ music coming from different rooms in the house. She heard footsteps in the hallways and on the stairs, disembodied voices, and sounds of people talking coming from the old ballroom on the third floor. That's another thing. Their ballroom was on the third floor. Think about that. What? Why? Well, I don't know. You have to get through two other floors to get there. So what kind of party are you throwing? Well, yeah, but also, like, if you have a ballroom on the first floor, at least, like, people who don't want to be in the ballroom, like, your children and family can live upstairs. Yeah, no. Like, while that, they but, took up the third floor for the entertainment Right, so, like, room. now everyone on the other two floors can hear that because you're yeah. stomping and dancing. Exactly. It's not a good configuration. No. So, Mrs. Romano then started finding articles of clothing from the early 1890s in random places in the house. The children encountered several more spirits, which they thought were imaginary friends. And the activity became so intense that the Romanos consulted with a Catholic priest who told them that there was an evil presence in the home but declined to perform an exorcism. But I'm good. So, He's, yeah. goodbye. Do you have one of those cookies? That <laughs> yeah. you gave I hear you're I giving would... out cookies. I'll cry. I'll be your kid's friend if you just give me a cookie. <laughs> don't, no, 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 no. don't let the priest be the kid's friend. He Allegedly. Had... Slander, slander. He advised them to move out of the home. Instead, the Romano family enlisted the help of the Northeast Ohio Psychical Research Group, or no perg, or no PRG. <laughs> nope, no perg. Yeah. No pregers. No perg. <laughs> so they investigated the castle, but found the activity so intense that one member actually ran screaming from the home in the middle of the investigation. <laughs> The Romanos had had enough of the paranormal presences and left the home in 1974. The house was sold to Sam Muscatello, who was interested in profiting from the house's ghostly reputation. Muscatello began selling tours of the Franklin Castle and documenting all reported paranormal experiences that took place there. Radio host John Webster recorded his visit to the house and reportedly had his tape recorder yanked off his shoulder and thrown down a staircase by an unseen uh-huh. Force. He said, quote, I just stood there holding the microphone as I watched the tape recorder go flying down to the bottom of the stairs where it broke into pieces. Wow. So you're saying your reflexes suck. <laughs> he was he was just, just standing wa- there, just letting it happen. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what'd you do when that happened? It's like I, I held the microphone there. attached to nothing. <laughs> I, just, yep. I just watched. It. I don't know. What was I? Can't do anything. I can't see who's doing it. Yeah. So, you know. A crew came in to film a television segment about the house. And one crew member, Ted Osepic, reported seeing a hanging light begin to turn in circular motions. UFO. <laughs> yep. This is where it turns into aliens. Austin, we're not doing aliens. We're not. That's not this week. He said that the movement was so precise and controlled that it couldn't have been the result of street traffic or normal vibrations in the home. Visitors reported seeing a young woman dressed in all black wandering around the home. The woman in black has been seen primarily on the top floor and the tower room. And many speculate that if the legend of Tiedman's violence are true, she could be the spectral presence of his murdered servant. (gasps) In contrast, the so-called woman in white spirit is likely that of Louise Tiedemann, the former lady of the home. The woman in white was first seen by a newspaper boy who knocked on the door of the castle and heard a woman's voice respond, Come in. Come in! Also, don't you just throw the newspaper at the door? Why are you coming in the house? I don't know. Maybe he's trying to sell something or get some, you know, those newspaper boys. Get some D in that V. 
No. <laughs> they're in like five, aren't no. they? Well, they? Most of them are like, <laughs> this is the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> I'm <laughs> thinking like, like 40s. Like. <laughs> uh, so the boy opened the door and saw the ghostly lady descend down the staircase in a gliding motion before disappearing through a closed door. According to reports, the woman in white repeats this motion often. So she's on like a loop. Mm-hmm. Some visitors to the castle have reported seeing faces materialize within the green of the woodwork in the home, which I think That's is super weird. cool. Others have witnessed doors opening and closing on their own and a strange fog-like substance seeping out from inside different rooms. Mm. Awesome. Visitors have also reported feeling cold spots within the home and hearing voices coming from inside the walls. Though much of the history of the Franklin Castle is speculation and legend, the deaths of the Tiedemann family members have all been verified, though none were proven to be unnatural. However, in 1975, Muscatello discovered human bones in a crawl space behind a panel in the tower room. Some reports say that the bones were that of a child, while others do not specify. Many believe that the bones were actually planted there by Muscatello himself to bolster tour ticket sales, which begs the question, where do you get the bones? Where do you get the bones? Yeah. This, I mean, either way, that, either those way. are bones, right? Unless child they're like bones. fake bones. Yeah. Which... I don't think you they would were. Think just anyone looking at them would be like, this plaster, these are fake yeah. bones. <laughs> this plan ultimately failed, and Muscatello's plot to turn the property into a church also proved to be unsuccessful. Yeah, Where? Well, In the ballroom? I mean, gotta get up thing. three flights yeah. of stairs. Franklin Castle was purchased by George Mercetta, who lived alone in the castle. Mercetta was a skeptic who did not believe in the rumors surrounding the house. He, like Muscatello, provided tours of the home for a fee. People who embarked on these tours reported feeling as if they were being strangled by an unseen person, seeing objects move on their own, and even experiencing fits of paralysis and uncontrollable, incoherent babbling. Mercetta eventually admitted that he believed the house was haunted. He kept records of almost every experience that visitors had reported that he was unable able to explain away. This is a little cool fact. In 1984, the home was sold once more to Michael Davinko. You know who he is? No. So, he is known as Mickey Deans. He was a he was a famous musician and entrepreneur. Davinko purchased the home after his beloved wife died in 1969. Do you know who his wife was? Marilyn Monroe. Judy Garland. <gasps> <laughs> yes. Oh, I love her. <laughs> Oh, no. Did Was he the one who found her body? Yeah, he was married to her when she died. I think he was she the She had one. a rough suicide. Yeah, well, allegedly. <laughs> Do people not think it's a suicide? Some think it's a murder or an accidental overdose. Nah. <laughs> she definitely did it on purpose. She um, was depressed as fuck. Yeah. So Davinko began a massive restoration project on the castle. He spent close to a million dollars on improvements and was able to track down several original pieces of furniture from the house. Yikes. After completing construction, Deans put the castle up for sale in 1994. It remained empty. We were born. Yes, that's the year we were born. It remained empty until it was purchased in 1999 by Michelle Heimberger. Heimberger had grown up near the castle and wanted to fix it up from the years of neglect it had endured between owners. But a fire caused major damage to the home that Heimberger could not afford to repair. I think she got all her money from being an early investor in Yahoo. I think that was her thing. Yeah. I think it was Yahoo. 
In 2004, it was announced that the castle was being turned into the Franklin Castle Club. The establishment's website described the club as, quote, a private city club serving lunch and dinner to its members, as well as providing private banquet and meeting facilities all in the beautifully restored 19th century Victorian mansion. So it's a country club. Yeah, kind of, in a mansion. The website touted that 70% of memberships had already been purchased, but the Franklin Castle Club turned out to be a sham. No repairs had been made to the house, and the pictures on the website were strategically staged to include only exterior shots and old close-ups stolen from other websites. No memberships had been sold. There was also evidence left in the house that it had been used as a set to shoot pornographic films. Oh my god. Right? What a weird turn of events. (laughs) That makes you wonder, right? right? Like what how many anal beads do you have to find? Before you're like, this has to be for a porn, right? (laughs) How many casting couches must one house have? In 2011, another fire destroyed the carriage house of Franklin Castle. In hopes of increasing the chances of the home selling, the city rezoned the property to be split into a three-family dwelling. In late 2011, European tapestry artist Chiara Donadale, ooh, that's a hell of that's a name, a name. Uh, purchased the castle for $260,000 wow. in 2011. Right? That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? In 2017, authors John Myers and William Krajicki briefly lived in the castle in order to offer firsthand experience while writing their book on the home titled Haunted Franklin Castle. Right to the point. Yep. The pair reported hearing disembodied footsteps, doors closing on their own, and the overwhelming feeling of being watched when alone in the castle. The home was reconfigured into three living spaces, one of which was inhabited by artist Zach Webb starting in June 2018. Webb painted a series of works inspired by the castle, and he told Cleveland Scene Magazine that he noticed his artistic style changing when he moved in. Webb reported feeling isolated and began painting abstract faces. These paintings later became a series called Faces of the Castle. Webb reported many of the experiences that Krajecki and Myers had, but also claimed to have heard strange noises with no origin and had been having strange dreams ever since moving in. The castle has not been restored to its original glory, but is currently occupied. No tours are offered of the inside of the home, but visitors and tenants continue to report paranormal phenomenon within one of the most haunted houses in America. No, not according to commerce. No, commerce has not given it the title. The seal. Yeah. Oh, and I'll post on our Instagram on the episode announcement some of the his paintings because they are fucking creepy. Yeah, I creepy. just looked them up. They're yeah. weird. Yeah, they're real weird. So there's definitely something going on in yep. there. So A those are something, our, something. Yeah, those are our haunted houses. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Can that be our theme music now? <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> we the the creepy voice from all the um scariest places on land. Yes, the woman Allegedly. the woman who played uh oh what was her name in Poltergeist? That's her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. In the castle ruins in Scotland. <laughs> That's her voice. In Cleveland, Ohio. There lives a castle. And then it goes, dun, dun, and it shows yep. a picture. This Allegedly. castle was once home to the that <laughs> we can't think of one name. <laughs> Dear the men. Tiedemann family. Uh, the picture. Yep. Allegedly. <laughs> Just every, after every yeah. sentence. 
Allegedly. It's like in SpongeBob where he's like, I can't yes. understand your <laughs> accent. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, that's all for this episode. Yes. Uh, we'll be back next week. We have our PayPal, paypal.me slash Helen High Horror. We're trying to get up to 350 Please. for new equipment so that we can continue the show when we yeah. are apart. So um, our Patreon's also up. It's patreon.com slash Helen High Horror. We're going to be doing our wild card episodes. We're a little behind, but we're going to get them to you. We're going to do it. We are. So uh, consider making a donation or a pledge to be a patron. Mm-hmm. Um, last week we released our first wild card episode. Those are the episodes that usually come out only for Patreon supporters. Mm-hmm. We wanted to give you a little taste of what they're like. So that's what you get when you donate just $1 a month. So we're Helen High Horror on everything except Twitter. On Twitter, we're Hell High Horror. Mm-hmm. I am Austin Castelli on everything. I'm Reparata Ann on everything. And that is all of the spooky stuff for today. So happy hauntings, everyone. Yay. Bye. Bye. Bye.